one you like the most? I know how Instagram and Strava work. Yeah. I have not figured out the TikTok I, al- that algorithm. So anxiety inducing. It's great. TikTok's great. Uh, we're we're trying. Okay. Oh man. It's Yesterday, rough. Vanessa VBR came from a fourth grade prom to our GFTC photo shoot, and oh, I'm yeah. like, wait, but do you know how to dance in fourth grade? And she was like. TikTok, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, all the choreographed oh, no. stuff on there." That's this is. Have you done a dance? I'm, on I'm not. Yeah, I'm not on TikTok. There so was one that I was really excited about with some guy just swaying in the mirror. There was like a little trend thing, but I have not done it. Aaron's I, sister sends us uh, dance videos that these like professional dancers do, and are like, "You guys should do that," and we just don't. I think we can't. The, I think Bandit <laughs> Crew oh, should? should do uh, like, but. You know where you learn and you're like in sync and you do a twist and you like exit the screen, you come back in. We'll make it happen. Yeah, Dave's in Harlem Shake. Yeah, Bandit <laughs> What was it? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was one. Let's go back to 2000. What was the? I love um, that. I love that. We did the. Uh, what was the one where everyone the mannequin challenge? We did that oh, when I worked with in the retail. Song? Yeah, it was like 80 people that Ray worked at the flat Schrummer? store. Trimmered. I, I could not okay. tell Wasn't you. that really awkward, though, with people? It just seemed very weird. With people would just people pause. Just pause. No, it was weird. It didn't it make any sense. It was super weird. Harlem Shake was great. I remember uh, I learned uh, the Soldier Boy when I was in like high school. There's a I dance for awesome. that? Yeah. It was oh, yeah. Sick. Fly? Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. It was fire. I was big for the uh, <laughs> choreographed dance. in the studio. <laughs> in the studio. Okay. Oh, man. I'm getting real aerodynamic. Yeah, wait, let's, is... let's introduce ourselves no. first. Yeah, I'm into it. Shit. <laughs> My name is Sasha Handel, and I do not have a TikTok. My name is Tim Rossi, and I do, but I... I'm not very good at it. <laughs> my name is Dave Hashem and I have a TikTok. You do? I don't. I have not posted anything. You just watch. I've, is it? D, I, is it at D? Is, I, it, is it the same no, like this, handle situation? Dhash apparently is a very popular handle in like uh, India and Pakistan. So there's like a million Dhashes. What the heck? It. I know. That's uh, there are, interesting. There are more than one. That's really interesting. No, not there. Dance. There are there are know. actually not more than oh, one. I appreciate that. Not to us. Oh, it's very nice. Um, <laughs> I watched uh, just because you brought up India. I follow a bicycling culture or something on Instagram, and this guy is riding his bike in India, and a leopard comes out of nowhere and like mauls him and then runs away. And that's the end of the video. You don't know if he's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, God. okay, this is really leaving me on the edge of my seat. I don't love that. I don't either. There's a there's <laughs> a there's a funny subreddit called uh, "fuck you" in particular, which that sounds like where literally it's situations where there's like a lightning bolt that comes out of nowhere and hits a golf ball, and it's like, yep. What are the, the universe decided that they were gonna screw you over at that one moment? Truly, yeah, that was actually intended for you. Yeah, I love your Reddit devotion oh man i now get emails about my running reddit and it'll be like i'm running a marathon what's your favorite song and it was helena by my chemical romance (laughs) (laughs) and i added it to my berries playlist for the day is it good Um, is it i mean you guys know that song yeah is it a good running song though it's got um some pizzazz yeah it like it's it's some oomph it's it's kind of a weird melody so I bet I think it just makes you want to just jam fast. That's what it sounds like to me. That's very fair. Mm-hmm. There's songs that do that. What's songs your favorite that... street to jam fast on? Oh, yeah. This is what Dave wanted us to talk about. Uh, I forgot. Do you <laughs> like, know when I make those perfect segues yeah, and, then and, we don't, and then we don't say that that's what Dave wanted us to talk about? <laughs> I like acknowledging that Dave wants us to talk about things sometimes. Uh, it's this, an organic conversation. It's, yeah, it's an organic conversation. It's an organic good question. It did come up organically the I- other day. Uh, oh, the fat. The, well, the street. The, the street like, conversation. Oh, okay. Like we were, we were having this debate. So I got to think about it a little bit. Not debate. It was just like this street is cool and that street is cool. Uh, I came up with two answers. I, I will say the one that came up because we were talking about. Uh, no one's gonna listen to this before the midnight half, so we're not giving away route. Which, if you don't know this part of the route, you're in trouble. Sasha doesn't know this. Part I don't of the know route. any exactly. part of the route, <laughs> so you might be in trouble. I'm like, what are the Brooklyn Commons? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's a no great idea. question. It, I did not know what the Brooklyn Commons were either, uh, but it's a cool little park. Uh, oh. Broadway, though, down like down um, from Soho. I grew up in Battery Park, so oh, cool. uh, Broadway kind of like lets you out near me. And I used to bike down that street often, and it's flowing with the traffic. But there's a lot of streets stoplights, so the cars generally move really slow. So you're usually going way faster than the cars, which yeah. I personally like 
it's like when you're running uphill and there's bikes next to you and you're just crushing past and you're like yeah i am more efficient than you uh it makes you feel really good so i like that and then i really like the navy yard uh like running on that bike path especially now that the construction is over there that's like one of the cooler that's my favorite run the navy yard route from like williamsburg to the manhattan um, and then somewhere in the lower east it's side. It's like Kent, and then it turns into what? I think it's Flushing. Flushing, yeah. yeah. Right? Jesse's not in. That's my favorite. Route. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, that was how we To gonna... bike or to run? Uh, to run. Okay. That's... I don't love biking it as much as I love running it. It's like yeah. a little hectic to bike yeah. is mm-hmm. the problem. Well, because the annoying runners are always in the bike lanes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's the only spot to run. Do you have a favorite? Well, I ironically enough, I was thinking Broadway... Because of the span in which it goes through, I did, um, uh, I don't even know what it's called. It's like from the, like the very tip top of Broadway to the very bottom with bridge runners. Yeah. Oh, there's wait, a name well, for it. called something. Broader than Broadway. Yes. Thank you, Jesse. Capital BR. Capital BR. <laughs> Emphasis oh, on the bur- Berber. <laughs> Berber. Uh, so that I was just like, oh shit, I didn't know that this did that. Um, and I thought that was cool because it was like 15 plus miles. Oh, sick. I don't know that a stretch of road exists like that anywhere else that covers that, like, and that many boroughs and that many areas and. Anyway, so I thought about That's that, cool. but I think um, my favorite road might be Morgan in uh, in in Brooklyn in Bushwick uh, that runs by the Kosciuszko Bridge, just because it's like it it's frequented by big semi trucks, but other than that, it's pretty empty, and I kind of like this idea of I don't have to like look to my right or to my left very often I can just keep going straight um and I don't think that there are very many places in New York that you can kind of like really dial in and zone out Hmm. from the traffic and the uh the environment around you yeah I also used to live on Morgan so well a little soft spot for it yeah I I am Delancey and Essex Street like right at that corner, if you're going down Delancey towards the water, uh-huh. it's so chaotic. Dash man of danger. Man of danger. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just like a lively corner. Like there's just like so yeah. many. Oh, usually people hanging out. There's always like a cop car inexplic- inexplicably parked somewhere, and yeah, you have to run around. And it's just like just kind of a funny, funny spot. But I love just like bolting down it towards okay. the water. Into and, that, into that. And let's introduce our guest and find out her favorite yeah, street. Yeah, that was a really, that That's was, there were a few good pivot. moments hard there. Pivot, <laughs> hard, hard pivot, hard pivot, hard pivot. Well, I feel like I stole yours. Well, Jesse Zappos here. We should say that first before you actually talk. <laughs> <laughs> we'll introduce you in a second. And maybe I stole your favorite street already. I'm sure you have a few. Uh, do you have a non set answer? <laughs> Yeah. Hi. Hi, Jesse. Um, I was like, I wasn't sure if I could like chime in at any point, but oh, it was fun. fun listening to you guys. <laughs> um, and it, and the the deep cut with Bridge Runners, broader than Broadway. I was like, oh man. Um, Bring you back. Have you done that? I never did that one. Um, but there used to be like an alley cat race, like bike race that uh-huh. would go oh, straight sick. down Broadway. Too, oh, cool. It was just like if you hit all the lights, you could like do it. Really Cruise. Fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tim, when you were saying like the Navy Yard route, I was like, yeah, that's, (laughs) that's just like a classic. Um, and I've lived in Brooklyn my whole time here. So I lived on that route at one point. Um, especially when I was like getting into like distance running, that was like an easier way for me to get more mile, more than three miles. Yeah. Yeah. Doing that loop like forced you because you just would be in Chinatown and you're like, okay, now I gotta get back. Right, right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like, I have a soft spot for street running for sure. Um, coming out of like bridge runners as a young person. Um, so I just love running Chinatown, like, in general. Um, the other day, I was on Moscow Street again for the first time in a while, uh-huh. and I was remembering like running. We would do a route and like run up Moscow Street because it was just like a really weird little hill. It's yeah. like super steep and it was very greasy and slimy because there was like a little like um, dumpling place yeah. and they kind of like dump all the stuff <laughs> on the street. Oh my god! And I actually have a funny story about 
running up that street with Knox Robinson and having a camera guy follow us and like slipping on the grease. <laughs> oh no! Crashing and like busting his lens oh, and like no. ending the photo shoot. Oh no! I was but just gonna ask if the camera was okay. Sounds no, like it was not. It was done. Shit. Oh no! Yeah. Was this a cameraman who's still around or no? Yeah, I think oh, it was no. Zach McTee. Oh no! <laughs> We love that. Yeah, but I think it might have been a rented land. Oh, okay, cool. So I think he was okay. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. That's a good story. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that is funny. Slipping on kitchen grease. Yeah. Urban steeplechase. Urban Urban steeplechase. I do think from what you're saying as well, I I have a, I think that that, like as New Yorkers, which I will throw us all in that bucket because we are, uh, like there's something and like I mean this in the nicest way possible mostly because I'm also talking about myself we're like obnoxious about when we know where we're going so when you're in like confusing areas like Chinatown or wherever in the city and like you can kind of navigate things I think it's so cool to be like oh I know exactly where I am even though the streets are going all over the place at this point Uh, like that's super super fun so maybe that like I had two lame answers because you can't get lost on either of the streets that I said (laughs) Uh, hopefully I mean you could I mean you could like someone, someone will, but it's a straight like Broadway, easy straight shot through the whole city, and then somehow you like end up on West Broadway. Who knows? Yep. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> I feel like I have another idea for Joe, which is I always I get a new one every pod. You bus or subway blindfolded all of the runners to a specific spot in the city, and then you tell them where they have to end. And then they have to make the route on the spot and get there the fastest. Yeah. Maybe not a half. That seems a lot. But maybe like a 10K or something. Yeah. You could keep it shorter. Yeah. I like that idea. Okay, I, great. I will say that, can, fun. I that sounds fun. That yeah. a Bandit idea once. I think it, we'll, we'll see if Bandit does it this year. Oh, great. Oh, We've yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I keep no, pitching my ideas can, to like, Joe. No, but pitch them to Joe. <laughs> it's like I need to Joe pitch them to Tim. Is the whole thing. <laughs> I, I think it would be funny if it was all in Staten Island, though. Also, Queens. Queens can be very Queens confusing. Oh, it's very it's confusing. so complicated. When yeah. it just doesn't make sense, yeah. When the streets start just going all over the place. There's so many spots in the city where it's like, you, you try and argue it to other people. Like, yeah, New York City's a grid. And then they're like, yeah, but what about this? And you're like, oh, I, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only a grid in a very specific <laughs> area. Um, it makes it fun. Makes it makes it, fun. it more fun. So fun. Oh, totally. man. We're all about fun. We're all about fun. Um... Uh, you were saying that you started running that loop around the Navy Yard when you started doing more distance. Mm-hmm. What is your preferred distance to race? Yeah, well, now it's like 50 miles or above. Um, Tight. Because I got the ultra marathon bug like years ago. And I think just the longer that I've been running, I think you're kind of like chasing different challenges Mm -hmm. um and I also just realized that I I think I'm just better on the trail like I'm I'm pretty strong and I grew up hiking and I like nature and um being out there feels like a little bit more like I'm in my element I think road running I love road running but um the ultra the ultra world and ultra distances like really appeal to me now okay where did you grow up um, in Ohio. Oh, what? from Cleveland. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've never been there, but it sounds awesome. Yeah, Midwest. I think about, yeah, I've been a frequenter of the Midwest since I started dating my current partner, and he's from Wisconsin, and okay. I'm like, wow, there's just cheese and cows and dairy, and <laughs> that, that's about it, Yeah. but it's it's hilarious. Um, what was that show? You yell like Cleveland, Ohio at the end of it. Oh God! The uh, Drew Carey. Yep, show? that's yes. the one. Yeah. Is he now the <laughs> host of The Price Is Right? He is. Oh my God! Yeah, we got we got a promotion. <laughs> got a promotion. That's a great Damn. show. Yeah, I loved The Price Is Right. Same with is it Such Bob Hope? Show. No, no. Who Bob, Barker. Bar- Bob, yeah. Bar- Bob Barker. Bob Barker. Another Bob. He was a ladies' man. He was an interesting guy. He was a silver oh. fox, from yeah. what I remember. Um, yeah, I remember just like thinking you know as a six-year-old homesick like yeah i know what a, a bedroom set costs oh my god <laughs> no frame of reference so good all. yeah <laughs> oh a treadmill yeah i got you i know 200 bucks at tops right done. Like that, duh. Done. Totally. done oh my god that's funny it was a good concept for a game show i'm uh, like a big fan of just game shows that make no sense oh yeah or Absolutely. just like you are in the brainstorm room it's like guys what we're gonna do is we're gonna show them 
a kitchen. And then we're going to have them guess the prize. And then, but that was also your prize, wasn't it? Yeah, You'd get yeah. that. Like, yeah. And people were stoked. Oh, They're yeah. They're like, oh, I'm coming home with that entire set. Done. Oh, I used okay. to wish I could be on that show. Right? Just yeah. be in the audience and your number gets called. Yes. Come on down. Yes. Do you think you'd be good at it? Or like, would you be like asking you if you'd have stage fright feels incorrect? Because you obviously are like in front of crowds a lot now. But with running, maybe it's different. Like, I think I'd freeze deer in headlights if I got up there. I'd be like, oh, one dollar. And just everyone would laugh at me and it would be bad. <laughs> yeah, I think I haven't watched it since I was a kid. So as a, in my child's mind, I was like, I could totally do this. Yeah. Like Dave was saying, like, I felt <laughs> like I knew the prices of everything somehow um if i did it now i would freeze probably yeah yeah i just i feel I'd like i'd it. be too scared to like get made fun of on the internet for very like very silly reasons i had a person who i worked with whose family was on family feud i saw her earlier this week um and they're like they crushed it but family feud i feel like is the one that pops up all the time where it's just like ridiculously silly answers oh yeah uh, or the wheel of fortune everyone always is like there's one letter left and they just like say words that aren't real words and everyone <laughs> on the internet is like oh you have no idea and then there's very genuine nice like the hosts i don't know why i know this stuff but i remember him on twitter like guys like you don't understand what it's like to be on camera in front of a live audience like it's very stressful people just have brain farts and that's like yeah. a thing that happens it's that would be me i'm sure mm -hmm. especially when the stakes are high oh yeah like there's money involved yeah. right yeah. There's, or there's, a, there's a sandals jamaica <laughs> on the line right now you gotta get it right and that, it's funny because i always thought that that was like where people i was like everyone just seems to go to vacationing in like aruba and and jamaica and the dominican republic and on cruises like yeah. that was my view of what vacationing was yeah. I don't know if you felt similar, Jess. Yeah, well, honestly, we didn't vacation. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of, like, Midwesterners maybe don't. Mm. Or if they do, it's like driving somewhere mm -hmm. to a lake. Um, so I had no concept of traveling until I was, like, literally, like, moved to New York City. Hmm. And that kind of, like, opened up the world for me. And now, and now I've traveled a lot. How often are you out? Of the country? Yeah. Um, 2019... Every month I was out Oof. of the country. It was really wild. Whoa. Um, and it was fun, but it was also like, whoa. Like, yeah. it was a lot. Um, I think I took, like, four or five transatlantic flights oh, in a six-month period. And I think my body was, like, falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, like, falling apart. It wasn't that good. Right. Um, so, in theory, it was, like, exciting to have, like, a job you can travel for. And then in practice, I was like, oh, man, like it was kind of actually nice to tone it down in 2020 and just like ride my bike around the neighborhood mm -hmm. for a year. <laughs> yeah. Just really not going anywhere. It yeah. Was forced for very unfortunate reasons. But like, yeah, I, I get wiped out by traveling. So yeah. I feel as re like oh, I'm going to all these cool places. And then like one flight later and I'm just exhausted for a week. Yeah. Like, oh, this is not something I am capable of doing anymore. Yeah. And That's you were crossing time zones, I imagine. Crossing time zones. Jeez. Yeah. What Going was your favorite? Elevation. What was your favorite destination in one of those that six month um, span? Well, I went to the Maldives. Oh, cool. Which was really wild, and it was for um, this like ocean conservation program. So we were talking about like the issue of ocean plastic pollution, and we were living on a boat in the ocean so we actually weren't even on the we would go to the island for the day but we would like live on this boat um and so everything we did was from the boat and it was amazing because you're just like snorkeling and swimming and seeing sharks and it was very beautiful but then at the same time we were spending all day like also talking about like the coral reef dying and you could see like when we would snorkel you'd see how much of the coral reef was dead um and like the temperature of the ocean had gone up one percent yeah which apparently was enough to like just kill a lot of um like the wildlife like marine yeah. life so yeah. it was beautiful and then also just really eye-opening um but amazing amazing trip did you feel like living on a boat was 
did anything weird to your body to like just being suspended <laughs> at sea that sounds wild yeah well it was it was a small boat too so like you could stand on the back of it and just like dive into the water so you were like really it wasn't like being on like a ocean liner where mm-hmm. you're detached like it very much was like you're with the ocean yeah um and i thought it might be weird but it actually was fine i think we were on a small enough vessel um i did thankfully didn't have any issues other than like pretty crazy sunburn like it was really (laughs) difficult to like stay not sunburned right yeah wow that's so cool snorkeler runner (laughs) ultra marathoner all of the above that's really cool multi-hyphenate multi-hyphenate yeah we we fully jumped over like your background in running which dave did a spectacular job of trying to pull together uh and then i like i I know some of the things, but I also figured when we were chatting beforehand, I'm like, I'm just going to let Jesse talk about herself. Cause you already alluded to like amazing th- places that running has taken you ultra marathon and moving to New York, but like from bridge to roses to girls run NYC to Adidas. Now, like if, if someone met you, how do you introduce them and tell them how you like one got here, but then also how you got started in the running world as well. I feel like your story is insane. Yeah. Um, well, people, <laughs> People get mad, actually, if I introduce myself because I leave most of it out. <laughs> oh, I, that's what I'm here to hype people up, though. Yeah, so okay. don't worry. I got. I still have Dave's list when we need it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, to summarize, I feel like I don't like to use the word old, but sometimes I'm like, I'm old. Like, hey, guys, I'm old. I've been doing this for a little while. Um, or I like to say, like, I've just been around the block like, you're a seasoned. lot of times. You're, you're seasoned. <laughs> well seasoned. Seasoned. Yeah. I've been around all of the blocks a lot of times, um, which is is the cool thing about running in New York City and and having, like, a 20-year, like, lifespan of running around New York. Um, and especially from the kind of, like, street runner perspective, which is that, you know, I didn't do most of my runs in Central Park. Most of them are like through the streets, through neighborhoods. Um, I started out with bridge runners back in like close to 2004 when I I moved here in 2003 for grad school. Um, And I had ran like track and field when I was younger. Um, I was really a volleyballer. Like that was my like passion. Um, And I just always like jogged or ran for my own like mental health and like I guess to like stay fit um so when I moved to New York and I was living in Brooklyn I happened I literally like went to Prospect Park on the first day that I moved to New York because I like this is one of my funny like origin stories like I heard these like drum beats like I was like in my I lived in Windsor Terrace at the time and I heard these drum beats and I was like what is that and so I just like followed the sound of the drums and it took me to the drum circle in Prospect Park, which if you're familiar, it's on like the side that's close to like um, Prospect Lefferts. Yeah. And it's like this little circle where they would every Sunday or whatever day, there'd be like a drum circle and people would be drumming. And so like, yeah, like my first intro to New York was like Prospect Park. Um, and, you know, I would start, I would run there by myself and like do the loop. Um, but it was really that I was like bartending, um, downtown in Nolita to like make money and to keep myself afloat while I was in grad school. And I would see Mike Sace, um, the guy that started Bridge Runners, for those that don't know. <laughs> the um, legend. The legend. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> yes. We love Mike Sace. Yes. He would come into the place that I bartended at cause he lived like across the street, I think. What and what place was this? It was at the time called Cafe Leibowitz. Okay, it doesn't exist anymore. It's now called Rin Tin Tin. Ah, it's yes, like I on know. The corner of Spring and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that corner was like interesting at the time because across the street was this like old horse stable that was empty, and it was just like a graffiti like place. Like every like every artist would come and like throw stuff up there. So it's always changing. And then, like, Sir, if you know who um, 
Russ's that did Sir was like across the street and his like little like streetwear store was there. Um, So I'd like see him and like his guys and um, it was just like a really bustling time and um, interesting energy. And so so I'd see Stace like periodically and then I was like out in nightlife like quite a bit because of that and so he was out in nightlife a lot um and i think he his version is he asked me to join bridge runners for like six months and i kept saying no (laughs) (laughs) and my version is he definitely asked a couple times but i remember him being like you could come and get a free pair of shoes if you come i'll get you i never got a free (laughs) pair of shoes actually (laughs) like ever i think i came for seven years um but yeah, I I started running with them because um, my roommate had gone and she had happened to go to like an event they did with Martha Cooper um, and it was like launching her book um, or she, she just launched one of her books. And my roommate was like, oh, it's really cool. It's so awesome. There was like all these people it's, like really interesting. I was like, OK, cool. So then I went and it was like three people it was just like three guys like at the chinatown track and i like showed up and i was like oh my god what's happening um but it was awesome i really liked it um so yeah i i ran while i was in grad school um like during the day i would be like working and that run at night because all these runs were happening at night which worked out Mm -hmm. um and then, yeah, I um, did that for a long time. It's like, it's really weird. I guess time is so interesting. Like, I can't believe I've now been doing Girls Run for seven years. Yeah. Um, Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Didn't you just have your la- your seven year track last night? Wasn't that the seven year anniversary? The actual anniversary is like, it's kind of hard to say because like I kicked, I started it off as like pop up runs. And it was called Girls Run With Me because hmm. I didn't want to, like, create another club because I already <laughs> created, like, f- a bunch of clubs. And I was like, I have to stop doing this. Um, so I was just, like, the idea was I'm going to create, like, party flyers and it's going to be, like, promoting, like, a party and the party is, like, come and run. Um, and so it was called Girls Run With Me. Um, and I would just do these different flyers with like non-running women on it. So it'd be like Grace Jones or like Blondie or cool. like Pat Benatar, like women that I thought were cool. And I kind of wanted to just attract just women in general. And so this was in December. The very first one was like December of 2015. Um, and I just pulled every single woman's email that I had in my like address book and I emailed every woman this flyer and then I think like 18 women showed up nice. um wow. that first time that's a pretty decent turnout yeah it was this, amazing this predates Instagram no <laughs> okay. this was Instagram like I think I actually jo- I was an early Instagram adopter like in 2012 oh, I was on there cool. from the beginning and is if it you the s- same the same page that you yeah, have now yeah wow like if you had the time i did once <laughs> i like scrolled all the way down <laughs> yeah. to the very first post and i was like oh shoot it was from bridge runners <laughs> oh like, really? it was like hanging out at um the bar with the strong margaritas what's the name of that place oh i know exactly what you're talking on about on spring street yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. and i'm not gonna Can't remember even the name either. <laughs> yeah but people know what you're saying. Strong yeah. margarita. Bar. I would like to go there. What a, when you guys remember, please put a pin in it. We'll scroll we'll over. Bring us there. back there. Yeah. Oh, Did man. you geotag? Oh my god. We can I don't no know idea. if that was a thing. Yeah, yeah you might be right actually. I think I know. I've done the scroll all the way to the bottom of Instagram thing once or twice as well. I think it's like a photo of me and my dog, and then there was a photo of like a scorpion that my dad found in his family's area in Italy. Because, like, wow. where my, my family's from the middle of nowhere in Italy, and, like, the house is very old, and it was his mom's, and 
scorpion show up there eventually, so it's like a scorpion under a glass. And that's um, like one of my first three posts, and I feel really good about that, that's honestly. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. It's weird. But this was like 2012 as well, when yeah. my email communication was still the best. Well, that for the next like six years, it's not like, here's what I'm doing on Instagram, and everyone sees it. It's like, no, you needed to like talk to people yeah. than to get them to go places, yeah. which is crazy. I still think email is actually the best. Yeah. Like, I think we've Tote. now come back around to, like, you should just email people yeah. and invite them. Because otherwise, it's, like, lost in the... Algorithm. Yeah, whatever. It is. Yeah, people don't see it. People, like, are just blindly scrolling. You're not paying attention to it. If I get an email from someone's name that I recognize, I'm like, oh, this is important. And yeah. then I read all of it and a lot of the time it's like linkedin stuff which sucks because oh. uh, i don't know they figured out the algorithm where it like set or whatever they do it's like dave is emailing you about this thing i'm like oh like i don't know who that person is but i need to check and then it's someone random and it's really annoying oh, but man. i still read them all uh so it does work and i agree with you there good but to know Instagrams. in case i need to invite you to anything yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, straight to the inbox. There, straight to the inbox, or I don't know, real life as well works. <laughs> apparently, um, the one that I did want to pull out though, because you talked about Bridge, who are obviously like, and I find it funny. There was like a period of time where people, in my brain, didn't realize how like Bridge is just so interconnected to everything in the running world. Yeah. Now, like everything that kind of came out of running really started with Bridge Runners, and totally. like a not tooting their horn way like it varies that's just the truth mm -hmm. uh dave again shout out dave with the research but bridge the gap like i did not realize how involved you were with that initially as well and yeah. for those who don't know if you don't mind explaining like one how that got started because i actually don't know how that got started so i was very curious um but also like what it is now because it is such an amazing uh initiative is maybe the wrong word but also that's what I'm going to call it of yeah. like bringing the whole global running community together yeah um let's see if I can summarize it I it's I think it's fun to tell the anecdotal stories too which is that like a big piece of it was we were s sitting in Robin Arzone's like a part tiny Wait, apartment I in Nolita that I was going to ask you if you know her slash <laughs> like ran with her yeah because she's We'll get into that later, but that's, I'm so glad you brought that up. We're, yeah. we're here. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, she, I mean, she was an integral, like, figure back in the day as well. And like you said, like, a lot of roads lead back to Bridge Runners because it was a radical movement at yeah. that time. And so many of those folks have gone on to start different things or do different things. Um, or, like, it's just inspired a lot of things. Yeah. So... What was interesting was that um, simultaneously, it's also just so, time is just so weird because like we were running for like five, six years before we knew there were other groups in other cities <laughs> doing the same thing. Uh, yeah. It's like many years going by and this is also pre-social media. Right. So um, there was random crew in London. Um, apparently Charlie Dark had been like, emailing Mike Sace for like a long time and like Mike Sace never responded. And I can't even imagine Mike Sace on email. Right. Like, right. Like, that's not that's not happening. I yeah. I I would wonder if he I actually looked to see if he had an email like in my email box and I couldn't find one. I was like yeah. maybe he doesn't have email. But um yeah, apparently Charlie had been reaching out for a while and Finally, it was just like, I'm just going to go to New York. And um, <laughs> he was like in New York and came to Bridge Runners and like a bunch of us met there. And um, this was a time where, you know, there were all these sort of women's race series going on. So I actually was um, training with a bunch of the Bridge Runner women for this San Francisco race, including Robin. Oh, cool. And um, when we were in San Francisco, it was actually like Robin, Charlie and I. Um, sitting down at dinner and we were like we want to go to Berlin and Charlie was like oh I'm taking this big group to Berlin for the half marathon yada yada um, so when we came back from San Francisco we were talking to Sace and we are like we gotta get the like they're going to Berlin like we gotta get the team to go to Berlin like let's do this and that was like October I think Berlin half marathon is in the spring so there was just a maybe like six months or so 
of just talking about it and then kind of like figuring out like okay who has passports who (laughs) who doesn't most people didn't and that was really interesting and then like getting a bunch of people to like from bridge runners to commit to go which i think we ultimately got like 13 people who were like yeah we'll do it and then finding out there were other groups in other cities and this was like Paris Run Club which was like Jay Smith at the time and then um, Pata in Amsterdam had a team and then Enbro and a lot of it was also Charlie kind of knowing some of the other city groups because of the proximity that they had Um, but yeah there was like a lot of talking and planning back and forth with Mike and um, we all went and like convened at this moment in Berlin and I think uh, somehow between Mike and Charlie um, and myself like being in Stace's like apartment and just talking about like what this is um, Bridge the Gap became the name um, which was really this idea that we were doing the same thing in different cities but like with a different cultural flavor but like very similar and and no one knew and we weren't like connected to each other and so this was the opportunity to like physically connect people that were doing the same thing and it also happened to be like the beginning of Instagram was like around that time which made it kind of like explode and from that like a number of different events happened that same year I think we were in Berlin in like March and then we ended up getting to London like maybe a couple months later and then we were in Amsterdam a couple months later and so it was just it kind of exploded that was like 2012 ish um yeah and it just from there you know people were super excited so that's so cool so Robin Arzone who is now (laughs) the VP of fitness development at Peloton yeah is a mom is an author right she's just so she's so cool um but when someone told me that she started with bridge runners um i was like kind of beside myself because it just seems like that trajectory is so unconventional to like now where she is yeah but it's awesome that you guys you're like i'm at dinner with her at in san francisco and like in our notes here it's like charlie dubbed you the first lady of running yeah and so like i'm sure ours like robin is is there with you and i'm just curious what other ladies were like leading the charge with y'all and like you guys are still obviously carrying the torch to like a very very like respectable degree and so i'm just curious like is there anyone else like in that same circle yeah so i think what was a challenge Um, And kind of one of the reasons why I ultimately created Girls Run was that there was not a lot of women in leadership positions, especially within these particular groups at that time. Um, And so, like, I, you know, kind of (laughs) sometimes I think like my tenacity is just by like just continuing to show up Mm -hmm. um and like always being there Mm -hmm. was like one of the reasons why I kind of ultimately became in the leadership at Bridge Runners um because I was just literally always there right um and and one of my goals was to actually get more women to show up because I think that even that first time I came it was three guys and me and like so many of the runs it would be like group of guys and me Mm -hmm. um and so Robin was definitely one of the like figures and faces um for a long time because she's also like you know power woman like she was corporate lawyer at that time Mm -hmm. um and like getting into fitness um I actually think about like Molly I don't know if you guys know Malitza um Aguila but she had come into Bridge Runner. She actually works for Nike now. Um, but she was another like face who was kind of like quietly like behind the scenes, like supporting all of the time. Um, I don't think she's like currently running, but she was definitely like a big piece um, in Bridge Runner days and Black Roses. 
Um, but like some of the other women that I still run with, um, like Amira mm-hmm. Omar, um, who originally I met her, we were roommates at Montauk Project oh. back in the day. And we literally met, like I had gotten there first, her, whatever transportation she had taken was late. <laughs> So like she arrived at like one in the morning and I was already in bed and there was like one bed in our room. (laughs) And I was like, hi, um, can you just, do you mind if we sleep together? (laughs) Um, So we like literally didn't know each other at all and slept together the first night. But Amira, she's incredible. So we've known each other forever and she's been leadership um, with Girls Run. She's like our mindset coach at Adidas. um, And she's just like, really like consistent powerful figure um but yeah I mean you know like Lee I feel like Lee Gerson was kind of a next generation she like um came out and won like the midnight half Mm -hmm. sort of out of nowhere and then was like um you know a figure with us in Black Roses for a while um was Black Roses us oh yeah sorry Darcy Bud yeah from Take the Bridge yeah Yeah. I just met her for the first time this year yeah Darcy is amazing Darcy kind of was coming out of like oh like Orchard Street Runners folks um I mean there were generations of women but not not every woman stepped into a leadership role a lot of them were just consistent figures like and maybe are still consistent like in running um, but didn't necessarily step out and create something new or or necessarily like lead at that time. So, yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Um, well, I had two questions, but one was I, this is more of a statement. I was listening to your Let's Get Uncomfortable podcast, which you probably haven't heard since you, <laughs> since you recorded it, but you talk about um, someone made a video or a, like a docu mini series about running and like you had all this like insightful stuff to say and they cut you completely out of it which just like back to your point of like being tenacious enough to just show up consistently and like always being willing to be maybe the only female figure around and like holding your own and like like how did that lead you to believe that we needed like a specific female identifying only space and like the importance behind not only like the the need for it but like the drive to cultivate it as well um I it's funny because like and of course everything I'm saying is my version of these stories um and there's always more than my version but one of the reasons why I started Black Roses um, was because when I was with Bridge Runners there was a group of women that were training together for these specific like women's races and and these were like non-traditional runners so folks that were coming in in their 20s um, having like never ran before or maybe didn't have a sport background and like learning how to like train for a marathon um and I got super stoked on that um and so that was part of the the idea around Black Roses actually was like let's put together a membership-based group so that we can give um women an opportunity to get the experience of training um not just like showing up once a week which a lot of like groups at that time were like once a week show up we run eight miles yeah and then that's it and then we go home um and so i was like no we'll put you know we'll put track workouts in um we added tempo we did long runs so we were giving people like uh, a structure but we kind of took just regular folks and i my idea was like this really was going to be like kind of a women's training group and so we had mostly women in the group um but ultimately it wasn't like a completely women's only space Mm -hmm. and I did I worked on that project with Knox for two years and when it was time for me to leave I was like I think there needs to be a women's only space like Mm -hmm. I I, in my mind I felt like it needed to exist but I was still nervous about it because I was 
there wasn't like right now there's so many women's communities mm-hmm. it's like feels normal and people are like yeah women's communities like women need their space but like seven or eight years ago um it was kind of before that wave mm-hmm. of like or whatever current wave of feminism that we're in, um, three or four or whatever. Yeah. And so I got backlash from people that were like, why, why can't men come? And, and also some of the women that, or some of the men that I ran with were just like, I don't understand. Or would make jokes like, I'm going to show up anyways, but I'll put a wig on or like, you know, it was just like kind of like weird stuff. Yeah. Um, which we don't experience today because I think we've made some progress. Yeah. But like at that time, um, I was like, how are people going to feel about this? Will women want to come to an only women's space? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was pretty clear from like the first one, which I said like 18 women showed up, um, that like, yes, women are interested in a space that's just women. And the more I've actually learned while doing it, the more I know it's how important it is, which Mm -hmm. is that there are so many women who would never approach a co-ed like sports space. And there's all this research to say why. Um, And I've learned a lot of that research too, which is it stems from like girls in sports, um, but also just like knowing the history, even I'm like pretty tight with Catherine Switzer now. And like, knowing the history of like what it was like 50 years ago for women um where they were just being invited to like participate in endurance running um but like it was still controversial um and that was not that long ago so right the mini 10k right was like the first one that they created first women's race yeah i think maybe anywhere um oh like in the world but at that time like 1972 it was also the first year that the Boston Marathon right actually invited women to come and run right um, but like there was still all this idea around how women could participate in sports so you know 50 years is not that long it was like my mother's generation why pr- probably why my mother is inactive and like doesn't have like the same opportunities that we did um so so yeah anyways just with girls run and with creating this space Mm -hmm. um i've just seen why it's important for a women's only space and a lot of it is um that it's taking barriers away um from women to be able to participate in sports in general Um, absolutely i think it was also the anniversary of title nine like a couple days ago yes but it's like the mini 10k even that and like oh here's your race but it was called the mini 10k because it was like inconceivable that women could run more than a 10k slightly different and also and the and the mini skirt right yeah like like fred lebo like was like oh and then he like hired like Playboy bunnies. Playboy bunnies. Yeah. So it's funny because we had Catherine ran it and uh-huh. we did a talk back with her on this past weekend. Yeah. So like the story was actually that they wanted to do this race for women and they were like, we don't think a lot of women are going to be ready to run the marathon. So we think more women will come out for a different distance. Uh-huh. So they chose the 10K. They thought it was more approachable. And then they got like their first ever like corporate sponsor which was crazy legs shaving cream (laughs) and so it was called the crazy legs yeah she has a shirt that like says that i think the shirt's kind of cool yes and they made everyone wear the shirt so instead of giving them bibs it was like this publicity stunt yeah they all had to wear the shirt and then they had their number stenciled on the shirt so it's like obviously it's a really different time yeah um and like using sex to sell right literally yeah from the playboy bunnies to the the mini part it's wild yeah that's crazy yeah oh so but you ran on sunday i did the 10k yeah yeah well and we were talking about this actually there were male participants there were male participants is that i mean i i i don't necessarily support the need to like absolutely isolate the two but I thought the it was only supposed to be for female identifying folks. So Is that not it? I actually don't know. Huh. Um, and I d- 
don't I don't think they can like restrict it based on um like gender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and every women's race I've ever ran that was a women's race, there have always been men running. Yeah. Right. I've just always noticed that. Yeah. Um so honest in my opinion, like it doesn't really bother me that much. Um I actually am kinda like, cool, if you are coming to a women's race to support women, cool. Yeah, I, I think that. what's probably maybe as a as an ally it probably would be better if they didn't try to like beat like the women yeah i saw right. i saw a couple of, of videos um on instagram of, of guys trying to outkick women like the last 200 meters yeah or, like try to try to go faster and, and even when i um when i showed up to to cheer and take photos you know i saw guys without a shirt like gunning up and like doing these intense drives and i'm like you know what you just 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 take a minute calm down yeah. <laughs> you know just like if you're gonna run it great and you know but i think it's to your point just 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 go just cheer. just go cheer or just like just chill you know just like support or like pay somebody yeah you know if you're gonna totally. pay, pay somebody to a you know your friend to a a pr like a 10k pr awesome but like yeah. trying to go guns a blazing it's just like come on dude yeah i and you know we've been talking a lot about currently like i've been working on this like initiative called with women we run which is around allyship for women um, in terms of women's safety because we know yeah. that like safety for women especially in the street has gotten way worse over the last two years yeah um but like this definite sort of working definition of allyship that we talk about is like standing alongside or standing with or standing behind right mm-hmm. so like i think if you're an ally and you're showing up to a women's race like run alongside mm-hmm. the women or like maybe run behind or like make it a fun run experience where you're showing support yeah. have Absolutely a little agree. have a little bit of self-awareness yeah the, yeah the i guess that's, one that's in my the, brain the, we we were talking about it before because we did go down the rabbit hole of like why are there guys and like we're all on the same page here like maybe don't race like pay someone run alongside run behind like let let it be the ladies moment if you're one and i will just say i saw a bunch of like international people showing up i'm like oh they probably have no idea what this race is yeah like get there and be like oh (laughs) this is what this is about obviously yeah like i'm gonna chill i'm gonna like find someone and have fun uh, and support them instead of like yeah. trying to run your 10k PR, yeah. which right. there were like a few guys that I do know like, s- were clearly. Yeah, up I do there know with- somebody who like yeah. who didn't. He just signed up. He's very new to running, and so mm-hmm. he just signed up, and he got to the acre. He was in the acre corral, and he was like, "Why? Where's the? Me- There's no men in this race." And, <laughs> oh, no. and he just didn't know. <laughs> and then he, the race got started, and and he finished. And after he finished, that's when it clicked of like what was happening immediately hit his bib took his took took his like his his t-shirt off threw on he's like i wasn't here yeah. and he was like legitimately embarrassed i feel oh, like he, no. there's there is an opportunity to read the room but i guess like sometimes <laughs> if you just sign up for a race like if you're like international guys right like yeah. it's just a race you i mean know? mini 10k doesn't allude to it being anything no. specific to just females right you know I didn't even know that. I thought it was a shorter 10K. And I Me didn't, too. I didn't oh understand. <laughs> so weird, weird naming. 5.9 Five, miles. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be completely fine with 5.9 and then just like pretend it's a 10K and run way faster and be super cool. But I do like to like what you were talking about, Jesse, as well with the like 19. I think I was Googling this because I couldn't remember. But I think that race got started in 1972 and mm-hmm. the first Olympic marathon was like 1984. And Catherine Switzer was like not that long ago and it's kind of crazy so for like the 10k the cool thing that i saw this year with it uh which i'd like never experienced before and maybe because it was the 50th this year 50th am i doing that math right yeah it is 50 cool yeah like it got so much attention this year yes and i think it's really cool because ideally it's like and this is me putting a marketing hat on but it's like if you market it hard enough as like a woman's only race eventually guys are gonna realize like oh, I am not going to accidentally sign up for this. I know mm-hmm. what this is about. And you'll be able to, like, approach it in the right way, hopefully. Yeah, totally. And I think, to me, what's also important, and I think, and I want to say this, too, for running in the running community, is, like, we got to know the history. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't know the history of that race until maybe, like, 2015. And I was at first offended, like, because mm-hmm. I was like, what are you trying to say like this is a mini race like we're little like we can't do long distance 
And then when I actually learned what it actually, the original story of the race, I was like, oh no, it's very empowering. Like this is a powerful statement. It was very powerful at that time and it's important. And so I think being able to like, to continue to tell the story of like what it means and why, um, then people will have a different understanding. And that's one of the things I like to do as a coach um, is try to like bring in that history for folks. And so even with our community at Adidas, like I've been telling the Catherine Switzer story every year. Um, And I've been telling the story of that race um, so that the whole community understands like this is why we need to show up and cheer for it because it's important. Um, So yeah. Yeah, that's marketing is cool. important. Yeah, storytelling is storytelling. Yeah, we're suckers for the storytelling for yeah. sure. And I, I, I mean, I'm a sucker for the Catherine Switzer story because I think that's one of the like one more absurd stories within running. When people like realize one, it wasn't that long ago what happened during that race where the race director literally tried to pull her off of the course. She was the yeah. first woman who tried to run Boston before it was allowed. It was no? actually Bobby Gibb yeah. okay. the year before, <clears throat> uh-huh. but Bobby like hid in the bushes. Yeah. Mm jumped out and ran it okay um and then the year after Catherine actually signed up she signed up under her case Switzer, and they didn't know she was a woman until she showed up so she had a bib but she like wasn't allowed and that's when they tried to like rip her off the course yeah the guy like had a panic attack that because it was women were not allowed for all of like a lot of reasons but that was also the era where they thought like a woman's body couldn't handle a marathon mm-hmm. which is again insane to say mm-hmm. now but like what 40 years ago that was not an insane thought like yeah. that's 40 years ago is like my parents were born and adults when that thought process was still pervasive in society yeah uh, which is kind of crazy but with the Catherine because Catherine Switzer is one of the like coolest stories of all time I know and you've met like Mary Katani, who's mm-hmm. one of the most that gets left out of the greatest runner of all time conversation all the time, it's and is yeah. a Kenyan marathoner who is marathoner is probably unfair to her for her credentials, but like one of the most Fastest amazing women in the world, yeah, like literally <laughs> winningest of the New York City Marathon. Yeah, oh, she's wow. insane, super. She's cool. like the I've Michael Jordan never heard that name, of yeah. running. that's crazy. It's Michael Jordan. Yeah, Michael Jordan running is the best. We all talk about Kipchoge, but like yeah. before Kipchoge was Mary, but from that like world and we don't have to like limit it to running spaces is there someone who like you've met through your work let's call it Mm -hmm. maybe or just like your life that you're like oh this is the I'm gonna say coolest person that you've ever met because I would call all of those people very cool but cool is the wrong adjective I'm just not very uh articulate sometimes (laughs) cool is one of my favorite words oh there we go um well yeah I mean honestly it's like Catherine is such a yeah. amazing person to know, um, like on a personal level. So she's definitely probably like she stands out to me yeah. as like coolest. Um, but honestly, like you know, I have the opportunity to like, and and I'm sure you do as well. Like spend time with like pro athletes who are very humble and inspiring. Um, and I would say, um, like Ajay Wilson is yeah. someone that I've spent like quite a bit of time with, like over the last couple of years, she's like 800 meter, um, specialist and like world record holder and Olympian and just like lives in New Jersey and like comes <laughs> over and like when we get the chance to like do stuff with her is so great. She's like very down to earth, um, and inspiring. And actually I was training someone who was focusing on the 800 meters and I was like can you send me some of your favorite workouts <laughs> yeah. so I can give to him um so it's yeah it's like special to have relationships with um the pros sometimes because you're like oh we're not so different yeah. you know we kind of go through um a lot of the same stuff I think like Noah Lyles and wow, his brother yeah. are super wonderful they're like very um down-to-earth folks but also just like incredible athletes um, that are also just cool people. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, at the same time, like I'm so inspired by just people that show up to come and run yeah. like with me. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a woman who her name's Sylvia. She has been coming to Adidas and just doing the run walk um, group because we have like a pace group that does run walk intervals 
and she came out and did her first like 10 miles um, with me when we ran to the beach and I you know I, I paced that group because um, not a lot of other people want to pace it all the time because they're like they want to push their paces so I'm like okay I love I love beginners like I'm out here for the long run like so I, I'm often like in that group with folks and we're out there for hours and I just got to hear her whole like life story she's like from Peru she lives here alone she moved here by herself she's like done all these things like as an you know individual person like trying to make it in New York City and like I that I love like I love that we had like a couple hours to just talk about like, that's her so life cool. and I feel like not a lot of communities offer that option like mm-hmm. yeah all paces welcome is often quoted but this idea that this woman was able to run 10 miles and like get to tell you her story yeah which in maybe another circumstance she would just be trying to get through the mileage or mm-hmm. the distance you know um I think we I, I did a the long run with motive the same Saturday that yeah. Adidas was there but when did those beach runs start and like what were you the the impetus for that um, so I don't know if I was the impetus, but I definitely kicked off running to Rockaway back in Bridge Runner days, um, because I was trying to get folks to do long runs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good excuse. Pick the furthest point you can and let's go. Exactly. <laughs> and we were like meeting from the Bowery at that point. Oh, so mm-hmm. it was like Bowery Stadium was like our HQ. And so I mapped it from Bowery to Rockaway and it was like 20 miles. And I was like, all right, cool. This will be like our 20 miler. And so I like invited people to come out. Like one person came and he was like, I'll just run over the Williamsburg Bridge with you. Oh, man. And I was like, all right, that's good enough. Right. Um, and so and then it kind of we made it a thing with like Black Roses. Um, I remember the first one that we like produced, like Knox and I. And he had this like Mercedes Benz like wagon that he called Beyond Sadies. I hope he listens to this. <laughs> um, it was Beyond Sadies. And I think he had like a bag of bananas. And like we got like a group of women to like run from like my apartment in I lived in Fort Greene at the time. Like my apartment to Rockaway. And we had a bag of bananas at the end. <laughs> Some water. Right. And then actually we went, this was when the Playland Motel was open. Did you guys ever go there? I never went, but I'm familiar. It was so, like, skanky. (laughs) Like, it was, like, really crazy. And I remember we, like, laid in these kiddie pools, like, in the backyard. Like You're really selling me. Yeah. Bananas, kiddie pools. (laughs) That sounds great. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. It was fun. That's really cool. It was fun. So, wait, Sylvia sounds so cool. And she's, like, going to keep coming back? I hope so. Yeah. She So she ran the women's mini 10K, and awesome. that was her oh, nice. first race ever. Yay. And she was so excited. I was really proud of her. So, That's yeah. really cool. I know she's got, like, the Queen's 10K lined up. She just, like, dove in. Yeah. She yeah. went from, like, hell yeah, no races to, like, I'm going to run three races this yeah. month. And I was like, okay. You can. <laughs> and those right. are the people you get stoked about, though, because it's yeah. like, like, obviously running has changed your life massively. It's changed all of our lives so massively. But then, yeah, like the running community to an extent perpetuates itself. But it's so cool when people like what you're doing with Adidas Runners, where this woman might have never found running if yeah. some, if you hadn't like stood there and walked with her when she needed to walk during a run and like those pivotal moments I feel like we all probably have something which you can pull out of a bag where it's like that person was like there for me when I started and it makes you want to at least in my case and I'm positive in all of your cases I feel comfortable speaking for everyone like someone did this for me now I want to do it for as Mm -hmm. many people as possible Mm -hmm. which is awesome exactly and that actually makes me think about when I did my like USATF coaching certification one of the things they said there and it always stuck with me they were like you are you could make or break sport for someone yeah like you could be the reason why someone never like shows up to sport again and like you need to take that really seriously um and that was sort of like the like (laughs) you know you could cut your finger off with the saw if you use it wrong um like (laughs) but yeah but i 
I looked at it from the, you know, the positive side, which is that like you could be the reason why someone runs again Mm -hmm. or like has running forever. Mm -hmm. And like you said, for all of us, somebody, someone or some people did that for us. um, And now we have it. So that's definitely like my like life goal is to like give running to as many people as possible because obviously you see people take it and like do all these different things with it and it's like there's so many variations on what running can be for someone or for a group of people and so like to me that's exciting like I've been calling this summer like the summer of running um to our like community yeah because I'm like guys there's a lot going on and like because people were like get nervous because they're like there's so much going on <laughs> and I was like there's a lot going on but like that's exciting like that's good for everybody yeah um, so yeah that's awesome love, cool. love it well we're gonna leave it there for now and I want to <laughs> yeah. leave time for the 30 seconds to plug yes. where we, we we did this with Lenny last time it, we called it a Tim Rossi 30, which means that you can go well over 30 seconds. Um, I ignored the time limit. Yeah, when there, was, I there was a little myself. bit of time limit ignoring, but um, we'll, we'll give you the floor uh, in three, two, one. Floor cool. Reserves. Yeah, well, of course I'm going to plug my projects with women. Um, I am lucky to be the performance coach for Adidas Runners, and we have a strong women's community. We do a Women's Run Plus um, every month, which is open to all levels, and I think it's a great like entry point in, um, but we also train people up for marathons. I'm going to be training women for an ultra marathon um, in February, so I'll be talking about that soon, too, with Girls Run NYC, um, and yeah, I think... I think that's it. Like, obviously, <laughs> like, you can find me on the internet, um at Jesse Zappo and at Adidas Runners NYC and Girls Run NYC. Love it. Lovely. Does um do Girls Run NYC still meet at McCarran on Wednesday nights? Yes. Is that tied to Adidas or is that just Jesse Zappo? It's and not. Girls? It's its own thing. Okay. Um cool. it's it's been every Wednesday for seven years. And yeah, we're at McCarran at six PM. Um What's cool about that, why it's a track workout, is it's designed to be all levels. Mm -hmm. So it should be a space where even if you've never ran before, you could come and do some of the workouts. So we've actually had people come and do their very first mile with us. And then we have like um, Olympic trials qualifiers who run with us. So it's like both ends of the spectrum and everyone in between. That's really awesome and inviting. Yeah. Yes. Never more than 200 meters apart on the track. That's why we love it. It's I love sweet. That. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was trying to do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's, I was and that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. this for sure. Up next, math. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're going to go full circle oh, all the way no. to uh, The Price is Right. Well, Jesse, <laughs> yeah. Jesse Zappo, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Jesse Zappo, your favorite word is cool. It's because you're the coolest. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, guys. Fast and Loose is a production of Bandit Running, recorded at Bandit HQ in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and is the only podcast from Bandit Running. (laughs) 